Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Today's guest is Janine Paul, a St. Paul, Minneapolis photographer who formerly shot weddings and events and over the last few years has transitioned her business into a portrait model and some commercial work. We're going to talk about how she did exactly that, the problems inherent in making that switch, some of the mindset shifts that she had to make to make that transition and some of the pain points that she went through. I know you're going to find a lot of good information in this. And Janine is one of our valued Art of Selling Art students and MindShift members. And so she shares a lot of what she's learned through that process and how it helped her make this transition. Let's do it. Well, I am so excited for our listeners today because we have Janine Pohl from... Hello. Minneapolis, or where are you actually located? Yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Okay. So Janine, tell our listeners about you, what you do. Just give us the elevator's pitch. Yeah. I have been a wedding and event photographer since 2007. And then with COVID, rebranded everything. <laughs> portrait studio and I serve families and I serve branding headshot clients. Okay. So have you stopped doing the wedding and event altogether? No, because I still love them, but I'm just yeah. not at the capacity. I have I have a seven-year-old and I've really enjoyed having some weekends back. So still doing some of that stuff, but freeing up a lot more weekends. Okay. I love that. Okay. So 2007, I need to do math. How many years is that? Like 13? Something. 15, 16. Something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Know, that. So that's interesting because I feel like that many of us started off doing maybe lots of things. And at some point along the way, our lives changed. And we that's the great thing about owning your own business is that you're, you can change your business along with your life. I love that. And so COVID was the thing was kind of the tipping point for you on that? It was. But with that, I had to learn portrait sales because wedding sales, I kind of, it's so completely different. Like you have this upfront agreement and then digitals are so common and then to have wedding albums. And when it came to like selling the actual work artwork, and then with where our industry is with kind of like shoot and burn, that was kind of the expectation for clients. So that conversation, even from past wedding clients to turn them into really good portrait clients, I just didn't even know what I was doing. So really how methodic the Art of Selling Art course was, was super helpful in making a process and a strategy behind how that worked for myself and how I could have some templates for conversation. One of the best things that you did was like the frequently asked hard questions. <laughs> FADQs. 
Yep. Yes. Yes. That was a huge, huge thing that I was able to implement of like, these questions are going to come up. People are going to ask for digitals. I just need the language. I need to know what I'm going to say to the client. Right. Okay. I love that because I think here you've been this, you know, events, you know, weddings, you know, what cold. And so tell me about that. Like, so when you're selling it, you're meeting with the bride, you have a contract up front. It's like, it's going to be X number of dollars to photograph your wedding. And out of that, you're getting what, like, what was your ideal bride? What would you get out of that? Say like eight hours of coverage, a second photographer, an engagement session and a wedding album. And okay. usually uh, I had like one artwork uh, wall piece in there as well. Okay. So there wasn't any working on spec. It was all uh, decided ahead of time what they were going to buy. Yep. And yeah. so you knew going in what that eight hours was going to get you. And so then when you shifted over to the portrait side and decided to do more than more of that, what were your biggest challenges with that? Like what was confusing about swapping over to portraits? So... Uh, Portraits in understanding what clients might have expectations. And this is probably me just telling myself these things too. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's always us telling ourselves things. There's no question. Yeah. Not having a good idea of what I wanted for my clients. Mm-hmm. and Or even the what they would buy. Even what, or even what, what they, they would, would buy. buy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With weddings, couples have an established date, which means they have a deadline. And they have an emotional attachment to that one time. So Mm -hmm. there was some parameters around decision-making and making that happen within that and then the emotional value within it. And I found with families, a lot of times I had to create that for them in Mm. emergency or um, parameters around like, let's get this done now because that front tooth is going to grow in. Or I find after a few years now of photographing families, the senior year when people are leaving and that family unit's going to change that becomes a deadline. So trying to educate my clients on what that next deadline is, has kind of been new to me. And I think that's, but I don't think most photographers think, this is why I love your brain. This is why we're having this conversation. (laughs) I don't think that's a common realization. I think, you know, you recognizing that with a wedding that it's like you say, it's a finite day and everything is going to be built around that down to the flowers and every detail and all of that. But that's kind of why I didn't like shooting weddings because I felt like I was just one of many vendors, even though I felt like I was the most important vendor because that's the only thing they were going to have left. But I didn't like that all these other things were going on. And with the family, if you do it right, with, with which is what you're saying, because families can put off portraits forever. For sure. They can delay and procrastinate forever. But if you make it, if you let them know, okay, this is the reason why we would do this now and then make it special, then you're giving them that reason to do it. And the thing that I love about family portraits is that the only thing we're doing is the portrait. There's no, we got to hurry up and get to the reception. We got to hurry up and get to cocktail hour. It's like the only thing we're doing is that family portrait. So was that a shift for you too? Like, did you love that? Or was it kind of hard? Or did you like, what was that like? Yeah. So part of the the thing for me 
as well as my emotional connection in creating art for that family client, because it was like, come in and everybody look at the camera and let's get a photo like that. There was no creative attachment for me to do that. Like I can Mm -hmm. do that all day long, but that's not creatively fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So understanding personalities in the family, understanding relationships in the family, really storyboarding Mm -hmm. ahead of time with that consult and then building poses, like sketching out poses and stuff beforehand really creatively is more fulfilling. And that was one thing that I wasn't prior to when, when I was doing everything before I just did weddings, I didn't find it fulfilling because it wasn't as creative for me. Right. So you had to decide to make it creative. Exactly. Right. And I think what uh, many wedding photographers that are transitioning into portrait, I find one of the most common mistakes is that they really underprice because they're so grateful. They don't have to spend eight hours with a bridezilla and her mother or whatever. They're, they're like, well, this is, of course, it would be way less because we're not spending all that time. But actually, if you just exactly what you said, if you flip your mind switch around and think, actually, this is how could we make this portrait session an event? How could we storytell like you do in a wedding? What's important in details in their life right now? What's important about their relationships or these personalities right this minute? And how can we make that more of an event? Then you really bring all of those storytelling skills that you had in a wedding or an event world into... You're just kind of creating your own event. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as being a service to clients and families... There's not a lot of areas that you you get to stop and ask such personal questions to families and allow them to celebrate their family. Like if you go to the dentist, it's very transactional for that that one thing. And sure. even having big events in life when people come together and those things are kind of focused to that one thing opposed to being able just to celebrate the family unit. I love that you caught that. Well, and we met kind of in the transition of all of this, like 2021. Yeah. Because you were the first class of the Art of Selling Art course, the founding found, the a founding, founding member. member. <laughs> yes, you were a founding member, which is so awesome. And you've been such a great part of the community. And so it was fun to watch you making that transition. And the thing that I'm always amazed about with you is that you are such a quick executor. Like once you see it, you just want to do it right then. Is that fair? It is. It is. Even if I execute maybe only 80% of it. <laughs> Dude, what does Woody Allen say? Like 90% of success is showing up, you know, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So what was really shocking to me and the art of selling art every week, there was so much great content, but there was one, I think it was towards the end that you had a like grades or a report card or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had been doing the things. And then there was like an entire section that I just, I don't know what was going on in my life. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's common. There was like an entire section that I didn't have, like I maybe did two things out of. So it was really great to be able to have that and reflect on like, wow, there is more to do even within what I've done so much of. So that's kind of what I'm looking at doing again is going through that entire report card and seeing where I'm at now. What is it like two years later? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, and what do you feel like as you went through the course? Because you had a thriving business. This wasn't you were just starting going, okay, I need to start a business. I'm going to take this course and figure out how to start a business. You had a business. You were transitioning from wedding to portraits or just trying to make what business you had better. What do you feel like you learned that was 
I don't want to say that you didn't know, but maybe it validated what you already knew or maybe helped you do something better. Was there anything in particular that you felt like was like, whoa, aha? I had to do a lot of money mindset stuff personally before I was even ready to understand the value of what portraits could be on an individual family basis. Tell me more about that. So it's more of like life experiences of not growing up with a lot of money or even having photography when I was growing up as a service that my family did. Okay. In the way that we do it, I should say. Sure. So understanding that there is a need for it and that I can be the one to provide that for people and to be compensated well for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that changeover from weddings, I can I can be transparent. Like my wedding portraits, in comparison to weddings and portraits, I grew my business by a hundred grand from where I was just doing weddings to where I'm at now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up because I think sometimes, especially Americans, we tend to, we love the underdog story. We love the finish line that everybody runs through breaking the tape and we, we <laughs> reinvented ourselves and everything was great. But what we don't see is that messy middle where it's just hard and you're having to make decisions and believe in yourself when you don't really totally believe in yourself. Like if yeah. you never had portraits and you, your family never paid for big portraits or whatever, you're like, people don't pay for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what were you telling yourself? Like, was it the course? Was it like, what were you telling yourself to get your mind around that? Well, before the course, I was doing things like affirmations and I was trying to be intentional before mm-hmm. every meeting with people to, to have what I wanted for them in front of mind. So then it, when it came to like telling the dollar amount and what it came down to is I had to make all the mistakes first. Like I had to do it not right to be like, this is a pain and I don't want to have this pain again. And the way to fix that is, well, you have to go through the pain, unfortunately. (laughs) And then then you have to have a reason to do the things like the frequently asked hard questions. I have to have that all answered, not right with no script and do that first before it's going to work. And we want to avoid that. We always want to avoid the pain, but I find that you just learn. I mean, I don't love this. Sometimes I think failure gets glorified, you know, like, oh, you just need to fail. Well, I'd prefer to not fail. I'd prefer to get it right the first time. But even when you kind of get it right the first time, there's part of it that didn't work. So that you're always going to get caught out by some weird question that you feel like I didn't really have a solid answer for that. And I was a little defensive and I came off a little not confident. And so next time, how can I answer that in a way that feels like true to my personality? But that is like from a happy place of like, yeah, totally. It's expensive, but this is what's so great about it or whatever. Yeah. I think documenting what those things are too often, we just want to like, oh, thank God that's over with and not think about that thing, that conversation or that interaction or portrait session that went awry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it still happens, right? Like a hundred percent. I just had a client order that was picked up and I'm like, oh my God, thank God the order is done. But (laughs) for so many reasons that I could have avoided, but now I make sure I do the process better. Well, I think there's a value, such value in doing a postmortem on any interaction that you have with the client, any session. We know how to do that as creatives, as photographers, right? When you look at, when you're editing your work, 
and you're sitting there going, you know, like in your mind, it was the most amazing portrait session in the world. And you just knew that you nailed the lighting. It was so great. And then you go to edit it and you're like, okay, it should have been at 45 degrees. It was at 90, like the shadow's weird, but you know how to fix it. Like, you know how to do it better the next time. And as you master your craft from a photographic standpoint, we totally embrace that. But when it comes down to actually selling the work or building the business or talking with clients, like you said, we just want to get it done and not ever maybe see that person again. Right. But that person is going to come back in one form or another until you learn that lesson. Right. Here's another thing though. Sometimes you don't know there's another way until you take the art of selling art and you're like, oh, this doesn't have to be so hard. (laughs) Right. Right. That's true. I think education is key and being able to share you guys are so good in that Facebook group because you can get in there and say, okay, this is what happened. What do I do? And then everybody can weigh in and help each other with the words and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I know that with when I was creating that course, it was just like, okay, what are the things I wish I had known in the beginning? How do you gain confidence? Because I'm sure people say that to you, like, how are you so confident? And I always, I'm like, I'm really not. But there are certain things I am confident about. I'm confident that I do not want to chase your three-year-old around the park for free. That I am confident about. I know that because I've done that. (laughs) Yes. I know that because I've done that and I was not happy that I missed my kid's soccer game to go chase your kid around the park and I didn't get paid to do that. So I don't want to do that again. I'm confident in that. And so sometimes it starts from just like what you were saying is even if we weren't raised with money, even if we didn't have all this portraiture on our walls, it's slowly realizing that what we bring to the table has value. And that we are providing this amazing service for people. And do you think most of that comes from like what your clients say once they see the images or like, where does that confidence come from for you? The less pain that happens through the process. (laughs) Yeah. Like the easier it is when you find your avatar client and they're actually in your studio and you're actually doing the full process and the words that they're saying are words from your website or like words that you want to put on your website (laughs) to attract that same client again. Yeah. The people that really get what you do and and want it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So were you doing consultations with, I mean, you were obviously doing consultations with your wedding clients. Were you doing consultations with your family and portrait clients once you made that transition or tell me So I was doing vaguely, I was doing like a discovery call and taking a few notes, but not Mm -hmm. as defined in this specific piece of art is going to be in this specific location in your home. And then these are the outfits, the colors, and like all the parameters are defined beforehand. I was not doing it like that. And it's, it is truly a game changer. I've done a couple sessions that I didn't do a full consult with because they had pretty good like corporate guidelines for it. And I kind of felt a little lost in the session when you don't have those clear things in the conversation with the client ahead of time. They come into the session with more uh, like a higher layer of trust with you too, because you've had helped them along the process for all of those things. Yeah, for sure. And it's just so easy to blow it off. I mean, even still, like I'm the consultation queen. Like I, you know, anybody texts me, they're like, oh yeah, we know you're all about the consultations or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am until I get talking too much about kids or books or Netflix series or whatever. And then realize, oh wait, I forgot to quote them pricing or I forgot to really talk about clothes or whatever, whatever the thing was that I missed. And then that's always the thing that comes back and bites me in the butt later. 
Right. I think the visuals, like the slideshow that we put together for the consultation, that has been super helpful because it allows my ADHD to stay focused on the topic at hand. And Seriously. even if we go off on to a tangent, that visual is there for, as a reminder. Of where <laughs> like there is a slide in front of me on the screen. Oh, let's get back to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I love that. Well, what else? What's what are you most excited about for the coming year? You know, what are you working on in your business right now? Honestly, a big project management software. I'm switching from Asana to ClickUp. That's a huge project that we're working on. I've got a CRM called Pixify over the last two years. So that's been super helpful. And then I'm launching a personal project that is going to be a focus over probably a few years. And is that an artist project or? It is an artist project. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of secret. You're not talking, really talking about it. It is and it isn't. I just don't have like a landing page or anything yeah. up for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely link to your website. And what is your Instagram handle? My new one that's not hacked. <laughs> oh gosh, seriously. Is <laughs> block.portrait.studios. And then my wedding one is janine.marie.photo. Okay, spell Janine. J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E. Janine Marie. Yep, janine.marie.photo. Well, definitely we need to follow and see what you're up to. Okay, let me go back. I just, (laughs) when you're thinking from going from Asana to click, so you're changing your project management software as well as your CRM. Like that's a major... Yeah. Well, the CRM was last year and the year before, a little bit of the year before. Okay. And then this year has been that Asana to click up. Okay. That's a lot of work. So a lot of, a lot of project management and getting your systems, and then you're going to do whatever this creative thing that's coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Is there any advice that you would give to maybe somebody to maybe a Janine 2019? that's thinking about that's maybe been shooting weddings and events and is thinking about coming over to portraits or, or any portrait photographer, like what advice would you have? Yeah, I think, well, education, I've taken part in so many workshops with different instructors over the years and different retreats and one-on-one mentoring type of things. The value that I got working with you was really that it was so like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and that you have it in a way that is just with my brain. I don't know. It just worked really, really well for me. And I had to let go of the idea of not making my life and my career around weddings as I imagined it. And I know I've been in it long enough to see the burnout that happens with any creative that you do Mm -hmm. the same thing for a long time. So I knew it was, even though I still love it now, it was super important that I needed to start looking at what that next thing was. Mm -hmm. And also for my family, for my weekends back. So knowing that to go into the portrait world again, to work in the studio and the confinements of the studio itself having a strategy that allowed all of that newness to have some sort of system around Mm -hmm. it, like do these steps. It doesn't all have to be so scary. (laughs) I love that. Well, I agree with you. I think I know in my own business to have the education of people that have gone before that have done what it is that you're wanting to do. I think we all just stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before and it's just an accelerator. It helps you move further, faster, 
and then you make it your own. That's one thing that I think it's so great is to watch you is that you've taken the principles that you've learned from not just my course, but other courses and very much made your own brand, made it your own, how it works with you because you're a different person and you have a different life. You have one kid, I have seven, but that process, having that process, I think that's so smart that you're getting all these processes figured out in your business. And I just only see great things ahead for you. Well, thank you so much, Allison. I appreciate you. You are the best. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.